is Erica. I started dating Luke around the middle of 2014 and we dated probably for close to a year and a half. Uh, so my name is Luke Shields and I was dating Erica for around 18 months. I guess some good memories that I have dating him would be uh, we did lots of like fun outings together. We went to recordings of TV shows and to museums and bars. Uh, he was he knew a lot more, I guess, about the nightlife of Sydney than I did, and he was constantly introducing me to different restaurants and things, and I really appreciated that. Oh, the best memories from our relationship, um, probably we had we had a really great day at the zoo. She was um, always really, really, really into animals, and we had a great day out and sort of spent the day there together. And we used to do a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Um, we broke up because he'd been spending last six months abroad he was in China I guess things had kind of grown distant between us and things were getting a little bit difficult yeah when we broke up it was pretty hard because the primary reason we broke up was I was overseas I was on exchange for a year and sort of halfway through I think it uh it just wasn't working so we were Instagram friends Facebook friends um, and friends on Snapchat Uh, we did discuss wanting to remain friends obviously not um, immediately but um, as time went on wanting to be friends so perhaps not deleting each other off Facebook no no, I didn't delete her I I think she might have I think she might have deleted me briefly I can't remember it was a couple of years ago now I think from memory what I actually did for the first few weeks is I hid him on Facebook so that um, I didn't actually see what he was posting and then like I removed that later on but I do remember the most recent photos that we'd posted on Instagram and things like that um, were taken down but most of our content remained I left most of it sort of as it was I mean I think the profile picture got changed um, but for the most part I think I left most of it as it was I don't know why it was necessary I guess it was something that I had thought about from my previous boyfriend it had really hurt when he had deleted me on Facebook just because I guess um, prior to that I hadn't thought about the end of a relationship being the end of every association that you have with each other as well especially when you're not ending on bad terms you're not ending because someone has cheated on you or wronged you in a way so um, because I knew that I wanted to be friends with Luke and I was pretty sure he wanted to be friends with me I thought it was important to have that discussion oh look I think I think now that couples they definitely do have to have a bit of a chat about how to deal with certain things how to deal with the status and how to deal with photos and emails and all kinds of other stuff you know in between debating who gets the dog and whatnot so yeah no I definitely do think that that's uh, something that couples need to talk about this is think digital futures I'm Ellen Levita I'm Shane Anderson and today we're talking about the very uplifting topics of breakups and broken hearts If you thought e-waste and artificial intelligence taking over our jobs was bad, you have never been through an online breakup. This is truly the biggest minefield of the digital age. And by an online breakup, I mean you are on a relationship offline, obviously, but relationships today get played out online most of the time. So when a relationship does break down, there are a whole bunch of decisions you have to make about changing your relationship status, updating your profile picture, whether or not you keep your ex-partner as a friend on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and whether you still follow them on LinkedIn and Spotify and Twitter and Strava and Words with Friends. Keep going, Ellen. (laughs) It's a nightmare. Have you ever been through an online breakup, Shane? 
You know, I'm actually in a relationship that predates a lot of these technologies <laughs> and I'm a little bit glad for it. Well, you are pretty lucky because it, it's happened to me. I've had a particularly bad breakup a couple of years ago and as soon as it happened, I immediately deleted the guy off Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram, untagged myself from all the photos we had together, deleted all our messages on Facebook and on my phone. And it's actually a really tiring and stressful thing to do. It was my first long-term relationship and nobody really prepares you for how bad the breakup is, let alone how bad it is to deal with all this digital junk you end up with. So this may sound like a dumb question, but why is breaking up so difficult? Well, look, I guess in broad terms you could say it's the loss of the dream. This is Elizabeth Shaw. She's the Clinical Director of Relationships Australia, New South Wales, and a practicing clinical and counselling psychologist. And also the unravelling of lives that have been entwined, um, that, is, uh, that is incredibly painful and also incredibly complicated and also can't be done either emotionally or practically in a timely fashion. So it's often drawn out, which is also adds to the pain of it. Obviously, relationships and breakups are nothing new, but we're using technology to find partners and then documenting much of our shared lives online, so it's no surprise that technology is involved in our breakups as well. Uh, technology plays a part in, in a whole range of ways now, both in how people find uh, relationships, but also the way in which people live their relationship on the public stage. And so it's, a, it's an inevitable part of many people's relationships. So therefore, just as it's been part of the relationship, it becomes part of the breakup as well. And sometimes it can get really nasty. I've got one, there was one situation where I had a case where husband had found out about his wife having an affair and the first thing he did was he turned to Facebook and he wrote a very long post about his sadness about finding out about the affair, how devastated he was, but he tagged all of her workmates, all of her family, all of her friends. So hundreds of people, you know, were aware of this affair instantaneously. This is Gloria Hawke. Director at Hawke Siegel Mediation. I'm a family dispute resolution practitioner. I have another situation that I can think of where there was a wife and she was venting a lot on Facebook. She was very upset with her ex-husband. He was not paying his child support, not, not doing the things that he was meant to be doing. And she was posting repeatedly on Facebook. And in the end, her car was actually scratched and someone had scratched a keyed on it, stop posting. So whether that was her ex-partner or you know, a friend or family of his, they were reacting to the amount of posting that she was doing and what she was saying. So, you know, when it's used badly or poorly, I think it can have huge effect. Gloria is quick to point out that she does see the extreme end of the spectrum. For couples to end up in mediation means they haven't been able to see eye to eye by themselves. In Gloria's experience, couples use social media sites like Facebook and Instagram for a variety of reasons after a breakup. And you've probably seen this before, but a lot of it is a reaction to the feelings of hurt and pain at the end of a relationship. We do see this quite often. I think that the main way to describe it would be that people are using social media to vent their pain and their anger. They're using it for revenge. Sometimes they're using it to try and show that they're living a certain way, to show that they've moved on. Other times they're using it in a way that is abusive because they're referring to their ex-partner and denigrating the other person who may also be their co-parent, which has a really negative effect on children. 
We've all done things when we're angry or hurting that we regret later on. Only the problem with social media is once that angry rant is posted, it's posted for all to see. And you can delete it, but someone has probably already taken a screenshot. Posting about your breakup is fraught with danger, especially when kids and courts are involved. That's the problem, I think, that it can happen so quickly and the audience is so wide. And also the fact that someone can take a picture of it and it can be used as evidence. And I mean, if there's a matter that is in front of family court, a judge is going to look, you know, they're going to be very unhappy about seeing one party defaming the other person, particularly if they're co-parenting. It's evidence that they're, you know, really undermining the other person. Ellen, have you ever broken up with someone before the days of social media? So I actually broke up with an early high school boyfriend before the days of Facebook and I remember not hearing anything about the relationship and, you know, only being able to find out how he was going through friends of friends. Whereas that ex I told you about earlier, even though we were no longer Facebook friends, I still stalked his account on friends of friends of mine who hadn't deleted him. So it's really interesting how both those breakups played out. You know, one hand, it ended and I heard nothing of him, whereas on the other hand, I just continued to stalk his Facebook and pick at the wound. Here's Elizabeth Shaw again. It's a new phenomena in terms of the platform because instead of passing that kind of information sort of through networks, you know, where you had to run into people and you had to phone individuals and it was like Chinese whispers, this is a way where you can make an announcement to your whole friend and contact group, you know, in a way that is is obviously very different. Gloria agrees that it's harder to break up with someone in 2017 compared to 1970. Not just because of the potential for a vengeful partner to retaliate, but because of all the memories that are shared on social media. It probably is more difficult because there's there's all those memories there. I think there's all that shared history. I think that, you know, if it's amicable and people are respectful, it's not going to be a problem. But when people are in pain and they're angry and upset and they do lash out and use social media, then it can it can be awful. And when it comes to this type of behaviour online, we may only be seeing the tip of the iceberg. In the next few years, Gen Z, which are the generation born in the early 2000s with a phone in their hand, still have a little bit of time before they start partnering up. What will their breakups be like? Gloria says she sees the really nasty behaviour online among couples in their 30s, not so much in the 50s plus age bracket. People in their 20s and 30s and teenagers now, they are getting to the point where sharing on social media, it's the norm. It's something that a lot of people do day to day and it's just part of their life. Whereas older generation, they've they've lived a much more private life. And, you know, some people, there are a lot of older people that have taken up and they enjoy using social media. But it's not an issue in terms that I've seen where people are venting or being disparaging. They're, They're doing things much more private sort of way. So I think in the next five to 10 years, we'll see this as being a lot more of an issue because we'll be looking at people who've never known anything different than having social media in their lives all the time and those people may start to separate and divorce. So I think increasingly it could become an issue. That's the thing about social media now. It's a projection of your identity and our relationship status becomes entwined in that identity. Not only do we have to uncouple in reality, but we have to uncouple online as well. 
Someone who went about her breakup a little bit differently is Lam Tai Vu. Hi, I'm Lam Tai Vu. I am currently a fellow at BuzzFeed um, at the Open Lab looking into social data um, for storytelling. But previously, I've also been known for making data visualizations about my emotional recovery from a breakup. Back in 2013, Lam was going through a divorce. We were together for four years. Uh, we were married for two. And a friend of hers suggested to start visualizing what she was going through. I was just feeling like crap, and at some point, I was telling him about all the small things, the little things that made up a divorce, including serving, I think it was 10 pages of a, a piece of paper that suddenly, with this signature, then signified to official bodies that we weren't really together anymore. And um, based on these small details, he was saying, well, you teach data visualizations for us anyway. Why don't you make like these dark data viz about your recovery? And I was like, huh, sure. <laughs> Mostly I was, I was emotionally so defeated that I was just like, sure, I'll just do anything <laughs> at this point in time. And the quantified breakup was born. Obviously, this will make a little bit more sense if you look at some of the visuals. So Google it. Lamb's first post was about her sleeping habits. So I remember the very first thing I did was to look into the lack of sleep. I think everyone who goes through a breakup knows that the first few nights you were just tossing and turning and wondering how you're going to sleep and there are all these thoughts that run around in your head and I, I wasn't feeling any different. And honestly, part of it was probably to pass the time while I was sleepless. <laughs> and so I was trying to figure out a way of... Um, visualizing that. When was I clocking out to go to bed and how much sleep was I really getting versus how much was I feeling that I was getting. What followed were posts about stuff she'd bought as retail therapy. Stupidly awesome spending sprees was the name of that particular post. There's another post about whether she listened to happy or sad songs, a calendar documenting the day she bawled her eyes out in public. And then the last post, almost two years later, visualizing the text messages her and a new flame were sending. I think on some level for me it was mostly about a theme and maybe looking at an arc and a narrative and trying to find an arc and a narrative within like this recovery after a while was a thing that also helped me identify what I was trying to look at and I was trying to find metrics basically to see whether I was doing better um, and whether I was I think slowly recovering. For someone who created something permanent about her previous relationship, Lamb still thinks it's problematic that social media archives everything. If we go back to that question of identity, think about how you define yourself when you're in a relationship, both online and off. You're somebody's wife or husband or partner. When you break up, you're just you. And social media can make it really hard to redefine yourself online. I think there's, there's definitely a lot to be said about how do I decouple myself from someone who I've digitally completely like integrated into my life, right? And how do I re-establish myself in a new way that is not just me and that other person? Like when you decouple and when you stop talking to one another, you can always cut that off, but social media kind of forces that back into your life in a new way and like makes it really difficult to process on some level, I think. I, I do think that there's something really beautiful about the solitude of a breakup. Does that make sense? Like, you know, the, the idea that there's just something that you have to get through. 
it's as my friend was calling it at that point in time, she was saying, it's like food poisoning. You just got to let it pass through your body. You can't fight it that much. And I think on some level, this almost voyeuristic ability to look at someone else's, uh, that person that you kind of just lost, takes away from the imaginary of like, okay, I'll let that be and like processing the memories. For Lam, there's something to be said about the role of memory and how we process a breakup that kind of gets short-circuited by social media. And we end up never quite getting closure and moving on. There is a thing to be said about not just the right to be forgotten, but the the ability to forget and the, the ability to remember the exact way that you kind of want to remember it in. I like being able to forget certain things and to then make sure that the things that I do remember are the ones that I want to remember and that make me me and have been chosen in that way somehow through like I, I don't know my brain and my body and so on um, and I think the loss of that is definitely something that's really interesting <laughs> potentially dangerous potentially not encouraging processing creative processing of something And this is backed up by research. A paper from 2012 called Facebook Surveillance of Former Romantic Partners found that people who frequently monitored their ex-partner's Facebook page were associated with more distress over the breakup and more longing for the partner, as well as lower personal growth. So there's something to be said for doing things the old-fashioned way when we break up and just saying goodbye. Yes, but if the relationship didn't end on terrible terms, it can be used for good. Elizabeth Shaw again. As a way of honouring the relationship, social media, like all other interactions, can be a way of being respectful. So, for example, cheering one's partner on for that job promotion or so, I mean, not wading into every comment about what the other's doing, but just by supporting directions or, um, you know, acknowledging in positive ways things that are going on. I think what it does is it portrays to friends and family that you still think well of each other and have each other's interests at heart. Although if it's not such a smooth breakup, both Gloria and Elizabeth say the best way to proceed if you're going to use social media is with caution. I think the best tip is in that sort of initial morning phase to really just not go on it in terms of your relationship, like use it for your other practical purposes. But I I actually think it can be very hurtful to both look at each other's pages, almost regardless of what's happening. You know, I think, as I say, announcing anything through social media is unwise in most cases. Anything that's in writing or in the public domain, you can regret and you can't get it back. So um, so I think being very cautious about that, because ultimately, um, you know, we are often the products of the damaged relationships in the past. You know, we carry these burdens for a long time. Uh, and so I think being respectful of what you were to each other and what you once shared is really, really important. Um, with extreme caution. So it's it's just about thinking before you post. Don't do it in anger. Don't do it after you've had a few drinks. Don't use it as a tool to get back at somebody. Um, just back away from the computer, you know, put the phone down and confide in a friend or family member. part of this episode, we're asking the question of what to do with your digital possessions at the end of a relationship. That's coming up after the break. 
Would you take medical advice from a celebrity chef? What is multi-drug resistance? What does your gut say about your mental health? Where did the anti-vaccination movement come from? Think Health, the show on 2SER where we look at the biggest health concerns of today, decrypt all that medical jargon, and talk to the people who are trying to solve these problems. Think Health is available on your favourite podcast app. Just search for Think Health and subscribe. So how old are you? I'm 18 years old. And tell me what happened. So my ex broke up with me um, over Facebook and he basically said he would rather pick other girls over me, kind of, and we never spoke again. It was no explanation. What happened after that? Did you delete him? Did you block him? Yeah, I think I blocked him. Actually, no, I messaged him and I told him to delete his profile picture because it had a picture of me and I didn't like it. And then I blocked him and reported him. Yeah, do you think it's harder to break up in the digital age? Yeah, I think it's harder and I think it's harder for the person who's being broken up with but it's easier for the person who is breaking up because they don't have to face the consequence of being face-to-face and seeing your reaction. My name is Janina. Uh, I'm 30... I'm am I? 36. <laughs> How long did it go for? 15 years. Do you still have him on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Does he ever like any of your... Yeah, we stayed friends, remained friends, and I like a lot of his photos. It's kind of like an encouragement to each other, I don't know, in an indirect way. We're not talking so much, but at least, you know, I'm following you. I know, you know, oh, what a great thing, you went to this party, and like... <laughs> and he does the same to me. Do you think overall it's harder now to break up in the digital age? Yeah, I guess for me, because we had this kind of arrangement before, that didn't really come through as much as a problem, but I can imagine that it could be hard, even for your new partner. If your new partner comes in your life and you have a lot of photos with your ex-partner on Facebook, it can be a little bit hard to deal with those things. But at the same time, it's reality, yeah? Boom, (laughs) you can't avoid it. Yeah, there's a photo of them kissing. (laughs) When it comes to breakups, everybody has a war story, but nobody really has a solution to what to do with our digital possessions at the end of a breakup. So when we're talking about digital possessions, we're talking about a whole range of online remnants that make up a relationship. Uh, So my name is Daniel. I'm a a joint PhD student at UTS and the University of Dundee in Scotland. I'm in the School of Software in uh, the Faculty of Engineering and IT. Before I actually spoke to anyone, before I'd done any research, I assumed it was going to be things like photographs and video files, email threads and message threads, and maybe an audio file. But it's so much more. People have told me about all these different types of things I never would have thought about myself. I've spoken to people about location data. I had a participant once who who had gone on holiday with his partner and afterwards made a little heat map of where they'd been on their trip, you know, that he'd used this technology, using the location data. I've spoken to people about 
Netflix accounts, um, online shopping accounts, bank accounts, all these kinds of things. There's also shared calendars and photo streams, shared playlists on Spotify. I actually had a friend who somehow had a shared login to her partner's Maps account on her phone and she could see what sort of places her partner was searching for and going to. Like Google Maps? <laughs> like Google Maps, yeah. That's stalking. It's No, I think it was in, in good faith because he could see what she was doing as well and they were in a long distance relationship so it was kind of a cute way for them to connect while they were apart. Although it did turn nasty when they broke up, some dubious searches ended up in that search history as a form of retaliation. When you start to think about it, there are a lot of shared possessions and pieces of data and online messages that are left over at the end of a relationship. And they're not so easily split in half. Unlike a shared bank account, you can't really split a shared Netflix or Spotify account. You have to go back to square one with those sorts of digital possessions. Well, what my research looks at and what I think is important is the way that you manage the digital possessions afterwards. So what I found is that in the physical, you have a lot more control over kind of your expression and your the ritual around breaking up. So you might be able to take a photograph and if you're really angry, you tear it up and you tear it up again and you throw it in the bin and it's this kind of feeling of I'm getting rid of this and it's, a, it's more than just dragging it onto the trash can and that's it gone. You know, it doesn't have that same impact and you might not feel as fulfilled. So what I think is is that there's room for new methods of interactions around dealing with all these digital possessions beyond just deleting it or saving it or maybe editing it. So Daniel's research has been looking at the complexities of these digital possessions and how there's no easy answer to getting rid of these memories. That is, if you don't want to keep them. You can't exactly stick all the photos from your wedding into a box and hide them in the basement. If those photos are online or on your computer, it's hard to hide them. In the research, it's, it's established that deleting everything is really hard emotionally. You know, it's, it's just taxing. It's difficult. You have to go through. And as you go through all these different things that you're going to delete, you start to reminisce. And you think, oh, I remember this day that we were at the beach. And now I'm getting more and more sad about having to do this task. And it's not, not easy. Something that came up that I thought was interesting was that practically it's just really hard as well. You know, you might have things from your phone, photos say you've saved from your phone and you've put them on your your laptop because you really like those photos, but they're called image 7659. And you won't find that in a routine kind of search through all of your stuff. And so these little things just live on without you even really knowing. But even deleting everything in itself creates a whole other problem. Are you rewriting history by erasing someone from your online life? Daniel said one of the participants in his study grappled with this very problem with a photo album on Facebook. It's a photo album from her trip with her partner to New York. And if after they broke up, she went through and deleted all the photos of him, then she's rewriting that history. You know, the digital proof evidence of that trip now says, I went to New York by myself, not with someone. And everyone that she makes friends with on Facebook will see this different story of what happened. And then that leads to questions like, did you go to New York by yourself? No, I went to New York with my boyfriend, but we broke up and I deleted everything. So maybe it's just easier to leave it there and not have to deal with that. Daniel says there are options out there if you want to outsource your breakup clean out, but they're pretty blunt instruments. They're, they're normally kind of nuclear options. So there's a, an app out there that I know of called uh, Kill Switch, which is like if you are done, if you're totally done with this relationship and you don't want this connection anymore, You give it your Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter login details, and you you give it the account of the person that you want to to get rid of, and it just goes through, and anything that they are tagged in that you have ownership of is deleted. 
anything that they have ownership of that you are tagged in, they, it untags you and it just completely blocks them and removes them from your, your digital life as best it can. Wow. Yeah. But what there's, happens in the future when you want to go back and... Exactly. There's no middle ground. So I think that it actually saves it elsewhere. I don't think it fully deletes it, you know, kind of irrecoverable. Um, but yeah, it feels like a real final solution. And there's not much out there that helps people kind of who, who just want a bit of a break or who want to just tone it down a bit. Breaking up is never easy. And when you throw social media into the mix, well, it's definitely not getting any easier. And if you are going through a breakup, some advice from the psychologist, Elizabeth Shaw, to end on. So I think what's really important is to think for yourself, what what did I learn about myself in that situation? In what way did that relationship, you know, enhance my life, make me feel better about myself, help me grow as a person? What's the legacy of the relationship? Is there baggage that's been left? Those kind of things are really important, but they're very much about reflecting on ourselves and our own journey. I think often we can feel that when our partner leaves they take the best of us with them you know I was this with I with the partner and now I don't have them I'm not that anymore so I think that period where you actually realize that you've got all those strengths and lovable qualities inside you and it's a matter of sort of reconnecting with those ready for the next relationship is is really worthwhile You've been listening to Think Digital Futures. This show is supported by the University of Technology Sydney and 2SER. I'm Shane Anderson. I'm Ellen Lee Bader. Bye for now.